0: we live we live yeah we live it was meant to start like that honestly um this isn't just two people doing the first podcast for the very first time ever uh this is the premium fpl podcast uh my name's mindy who are you
1: and my name's callum the better half of the premium podcast
0: see they're speaking a better half what was uh what, what was your fpl rank last season
1: uh, I think I finished around four thousand last year. Uh, obviously, a very good season. How about you, Mindy?
0: Twenty-two thousand, but I, f- I was—I finished two thousand the season before. So, all right, I'm sure. Gonna, I'm gonna try and go back to that season. Uh, so, yeah, the name of the podcast: Premium Player. Uh, so many, so many FPL podcasts out there. It was hard to to get a name that hadn't already been taken, but I think premium player works for, works for us. What, what, what do you think uh, about the name? Are you happy with it? Why did we pick it?
1: Yeah, I th- it was a strong name for me that stood out. I think, I think you suggested it. Um, just because FPL and premium, it goes hand in hand, really, and especially as the seasons progress and there's a lot more competition around the premium players. Uh, you talk about Bruno, KDB, Sterling. I just think when people see our podcast, they'll know what it's about, and hopefully, it'll catch on.
0: Yeah, and f- for me, I think uh, as I've played more, I try to focus more of my transfers on premium players. And when I'm setting up my team, like everyone's doing at the moment, I sort of start with the premium players I want first, and then and then go from there. So it did feel like a a fitting a fitting name for the podcast. Sorry about that notification noise that, that sound horrible when that comes out <laughs> um, very professional that mindy well cool. it's befitting of starters we need to go on and whatnot um shall we talk about first three players on our team sheet of season
1: yeah so we we've got a bit of a running order together so do you want me to go first with my three Oh, uh, you
0: no you know what? I'll, I'll i'll go i'll go first okay yeah so uh, first one is obvious. I think mean, it's the same for, for everyone. Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, just, you know, assists, clean sheets, goals from free kicks, um, so many routes to points. So, won't spend too long talking about him. And then Aubameyang, uh, now that he's uh, reclassified as a midfielder, um, can easily see him hitting 200 points a season with the extra points you get in midfield. Uh clean sheet point, an extra point for a goal. Uh, and as we'll probably talk about a bit later, he's a good captain option early on. And then the third player, uh, which is a bit unusual for me going with the new player to the league, but Werner. But I think uh, this the set of circumstances around this season with the blank and whatnot, I think Werner ended up being the most important striker for the first week for me do you want to go for yours
1: yeah no fair enough nice choices i think i've gone with two of the same so trent alexander arnold was obviously the main one for me um had him all last year i think his price went up about 0. 0.9 in the end or something crazy like that um i just think he's been my first name on the team sheet no matter what draft i've put together uh just offers so much value 7.5 midfielder and attacker you're not going to get the same nowhere way near the same returns that Trent will give you um, and then the same reasons as you Aubameyang I think that reclassification in the midfield not only an extra point for the goals but Arsenal look a lot more solid uh, the community shield look very good uh, Arteta is obviously building foundations of a strong defense so we'll obviously get a clean extra clean sheet bonus I just for me I think He's probably the standout option of the premium, especially the first two fixtures, um, when we'll obviously talk about captain's first two, first two fixtures later on. Um, and then the third one, he wasn't actually my thinking until today. Uh, and we'll talk about the United and City strategy, but there's just been so much love on social media from the from the community, really, for Tony Marshall and how he finished the season. And I do think that United, especially from from game week two, you're going to want to have two in at least just because of the fixtures and the strength and how well, they, how good they were attacking. Well, not towards the last three games, probably tired, but before that post restart, we were probably the most attacking team in the league. So I do think Tony Marshall is going to have a strong season. He's a very nice price at 9 million. Um So yeah, he's, he's sitting on my bench from game week one, but game week two, he'll be in.
0: Interesting. So yeah, you're you, you starting with a, the 9 million player on the bench for the first week.
1: Yeah, it wasn't... Like I say, it was. It only really come into my thinking today and I just think he's just going to offer great value. And I think as soon as that game week, game week one deadline's over his price, it's going to go up 0.1, 0.2. Him and Bruno, everyone's going to clamour to get them both in. So it's a risk that I'm probably willing to take game week one going with the 9 million player on the bench. Um, have you ever thought about City United players starting yeah, on the bench? Yeah, so this goal? leads
0: us quite into quite nicely into the next bit about uh, the strategy for United and City, given that they're both not playing game week one and in normal circumstances, you'd at least have one player from each team, maybe two from City at least, with the the amount of goals that City score week in, week out usually. So it has made it more difficult the fact that they're not playing the first week. Um, My way of looking at it with United having Palace game with two is I'm definitely going to want a United player the second week but I might not want a City player game with two because they've got Wolves and I think Wolves actually beat City or drew with them both times last season is yeah. that right? Yeah they beat us twice I think Yeah I, I, I don't know if they'll beat you again but I just think it'll be a low scoring game the way Bit of a the way the team, uh, Nuno sets up so I'm going to wait until the third week to get a City player. Um, and the United player I want the second game, it will be Marshall as well. But rather than having him on my bench, game one, I've got uh, Timo Werner and Ings as my uh, as my strikers. And they're both in a similar price bracket to Marshall. So one of them the second week will become Tony Marshall. Um I'm thinking it'll probably be Ings that I move to, unless that I move uh, move out the team for Marshall. Unless uh, it becomes apparent that I've got the wrong the wrong Chelsea player, Um, which with Pulisic being fit now, which was news today, um, and Havertz potentially being a better option, we'll see. But I think with Chelsea, it'll be for me. It'll be just seeing which which of the players gets pens and then I'll probably pick that one cuz it'll be so hard to choose. Um and then yeah, in terms of city, I'll wait till um game week 3 and then Kevin De Bruyne'll be my captain for the next for that week and a lot of the weeks going forward. Um so who, who's who'll be um should, should we talk a little bit about captains?
1: Yeah, just going back to your point on United, obviously you say that Crystal Palace fixture you're going to want one United player well why would you not want to? Like obviously, home against Crystal Palace, especially how they finish the season, it's probably
0: one of the easiest games on paper, isn't it? Uh, I think if Bruno was a similar right, like Bruno's gone from what was it eight to ten point five. Um, I if if he was a little bit cheaper, yeah, I'd go in with with two. Um, and I think with obviously, Foden and Greenwood. Like your, your lad Foden's led uh, led Greenwood astray, so now I'm not sure if Greenwood's <laughs> going to be uh, an option game week one, but he, he, he would have been a good option um, at his price. 7.5 um, just seems to score or at least get on target of every single shot he takes. Um, but <sighs> doubts about Rashford's fitness as well, so that kind of just leaves Bruno at, uh, at 10.5 trying to fit in for me for my team fitting in Bruno in midfield with Aubameyang and then Kevin De Bruyne in the next week uh it just yeah it just wasn't it was just that's too many compromises in my team um, so yeah that was my my thinking on that and i think the other thing is that on his day Roy Hodgson can set up to park the bus as well so and united kind of looked in the past the last Games that they had, they didn't look as free flowing. So it'd be interesting to see, like, do they come out of the gate firing, or will it be like the game in the Europa League where they kind of look knackered? So I think for me, I'm happy to go one and see see how it goes. Yeah, no, interesting.
1: And like you, game week three, I'm obviously getting a city player in. I'm I'm starting with a bit of money in the bank, but we'll we'll move into that later. Obviously, when we're on our team drafts, but Kevin De Bruyne is the one for me. Um, Possibly, potentially, Raheem Sterling too, but that might come later down the line just because it's going to be, you're going to need a lot of money for the all the premium players that we want to have in our team. So it's just the case of which one do we go for.
0: Yeah. So actually, I, I guess we should quickly talk about the fact that you're starting with Marsh on the bench. Like, to, to, to a lot of people, that seems quite, it'd be quite strange, like starting with a player that costs nine million on your bench. Um, is that so that you don't have to take a hit game week two to get like a player and another player who you might want, who just in game week one. You just, you just want to have that sorted and you don't mind having that value tied up on your bench in the short term.
1: Yeah, it's exactly, exactly that really. I just, I just think game week two, everyone's going to want Bruno and Marshall, and that the price is going to go up and also, if they score or assist, get a few points, It's your your rank's going to severely deplete it because of that. Um, but it's just a case of, if I didn't have Marshall on my team now, it would be, who would I have instead? It would be like Ings yourself or like yourself or Harry Kane. I mean, I just think if either of them two score, it's not going to be as much of a hurt to my rank as if Marshall didn't score at game week two, but we'll, still, we'll soon find out. Um, like I say, this is, this only comes into my thinking today but it's just become stronger as the day has gone by just seeing a lot of people are doing the same thing on social media i think there's late Risers doing the same thing so yeah it's just i just that is my strategy at the moment and i do want by the time game week 3 comes around to have at least 3 city and united representatives because at the end of the day they're, them two are a stronger attacking team probably the two strongest attacking teams in the league obviously we've got to wait and see how Chelsea do but based on last year's form Liverpool you've got Salah Mane, but the goals don't really come from any other areas they kind of rely on a strong defence and you either get Trent or Robbo and then one of Salah Mane. whereas I think there's a lot of points to be had in them sitting United attacks so that's why I've gone for that
0: yeah fair point well made um, shall we talk captains then um, who's your captain game week one
1: yes yeah, so this is going back to my point I had Salah in my teams uh, most of my drafts really up until today I think I think it was I saw you made a point or someone else was if you're going to have Salah in you've got a captain in and on my current strategy I was getting Salah out game week two anyway for either I think it was Bruno or something on my strategy um, and I just thought if you get him if you're having much starting with more salary in game week one and you're not captaining for that game, then what's the point in having your team if you getting out game week twos? So for me, there's only one standout option for captain in game week one, and that's uh, Bamyang. Obviously, we talked about him highly before. I just think that Fulham fixture, especially how bad they were in the Premier League last season, uh, the season we were in it, I just think that game and Arsenal looked really good, especially in the Community Shield and how they ended the season, the FA Cup final too. I just think Bamiang's got Well, hopefully he's got two goals at least in him. And I just think, I think he's going to be the standout captain option. And a lot of people are predicting Leeds to do well. So I'd rather go with Bamian and Salah personally, but we'll see if that is the right decision. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, so it's a Bamian captain for me as well. Um, I think if it was just a one week decision, I would probably go Salah. But I want Aubameyang as my captain game week two as well. and I definitely don't want Salah as my captain game week two. So And then I I sort of wrote down the captain that I would have game weeks two, three, four, five, six. And it was either a United or a City player for most of those weeks. So on balance, I just decided to avoid Salah on that reason. Because yeah, as you said, if you don't if, if you have him, you kind of have to have him as a captain option because of his price and the compromises you make elsewhere. Like to justify that, you have to be trusting him with the armband. Uh, so, so yeah. So game week one for me is Obameyang. Game week two is Obameyang. Game week three will be KDB. Game week four will be KDB. Game week five. Uh, I guess we'll see from that point on, but it'll be KDB or United player again. And then game week six, I might actually. What, what, let me just check what what's Liverpool's game game week six. That is Sheffield United. I think that game, like something. The other reason I'm happy to avoid Salah is that I think when Liverpool have a strong game this season, and they're the player from. Liverpool is the preferred captain option. I'm actually this season happy to captain Trent uh because I think if you look through last season there was like a handful of games where Trent didn't get points. He was either getting a clean sheet or an assist or a goal in most games. Like he has so many routes to points as we said at the start. Like I think as a captain Salah's more explosive but yeah my my captains I didn't get as many points for my captains as I would have liked last last season. I think part of that is going for like always trying to go for the most explosive player so this season I'm happy to just pick a player that I think might, they might have a lower ceiling for captain points, but they're more likely to just return and get something so I'd rather have a consistent consistency in that sense so so yeah that's why that's why I'm avoiding. Salah, maybe slightly different reasons to yourself, but it's interesting that we're both that we're both not going for him. If if he does really well, and everyone's captaining him the first few weeks, and we end up with shit ranks, then this podcast in a few weeks is going to sound awful. But that's the we, to we'll take. Be dead
1: before we've even started going.
0: Um, god yeah Well, um, so yeah, I guess we touched a little bit on how, kind of how we think about our teams there, and the, the, we, we wanted to talk about like the three three principles we've had like when we're building our team so for me as we said with like the the name of the podcast premium player uh one of my one of the things I think about when making making a team draft is looking at who I'm going to capture in the first few weeks and then picking my premium players from the teams that have the best pictures in those weeks so yeah the fact that I didn't want a Liverpool player as captain until game week six meant that I was happy to just have Trent in my team and then have have Orba instead. Um so yeah, letting letting who I want to captain um dictate who my premium players are gonna be. So the premium players are you know, players nine million and above, would you say that's about right? Yeah, yeah, and I say nine yeah. million, yeah. And then Second principle probably would be uh, not having too much money tied up in one part of the team. So I think in seasons gone by, I've had like three, six million plus defenders. And then if Harry Kane goes off and I've not got him, I have to downgrade two defenders to get the money or I have to wildcard or something like tickets to then get the player that I want up front. So I'd rather have like one expensive defender, one expensive midfielder and then one expensive forward. So then I can get to the player that everyone's getting or the player that's on form in any position in one move, hopefully, rather than having to make two and take a hit and all that. So, yeah, that's the second one. Um, And then I think the third one is new for this season, actually. It's uh, having a bit of money not as much as you game with one, but a bit of money on the bench this season. Usually I'd have just the cheapest possible players on the bench and be aggressive and have all my money in the first 11. But with COVID and players breaking quarantine and you know people getting positive tests and not even down into quarantine if they've just broken the secure bubble and whatnot, like, I think having at least two players who are capable of doing something from the bench if uh, if they need to come in for someone. I think that'll be important this season. So I've tried to factor that in to making my team this season as well. Um, what, what, what about you? What, 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 were your, what What's the philosophy behind your season behind making your first team?
1: Yeah, no, I enjoyed that, mate. I think people out there will really take a lot from that and help them build their squads for game week one. So yeah, really good stuff. Um, I'm going to go through mine. Probably the top one for me is have a strategy. So whenever I talk to someone about FPL who hasn't played it that much and they ask me how I do get, without feeling my own ego, how I get a good rank and stuff, the first one I'd say is look ahead. So I always plan, if I'm bringing a player in for five game weeks, I wouldn't just bring them. I'd never bring a player in just for that game week unless they'd just scored. They'd just come off the back of, double hat-tricks or something and everyone's got them in I'd I'd always I'd always plan ahead for for five fixtures um but then like I say the contingency to that is if someone is scoring double hat-trick or everyone's getting the player in especially I think early in the season you've just got I think you've just got to bite the bullet and rip up the plan just to get them in but 90% of the time I'm planning ahead so I'm I would already know my like for example, we've been through our game week two, game week three. I already, I already know what transfers I'm making, um, unless something extraordinary happens. Uh, like you say, Chelsea assets start to bang, or someone else comes from nowhere. The Timu who last year, obviously, someone like him. Or Todd Campwell, who started off the season really brightly. He obviously allows you to spend money elsewhere. So if someone like that comes in, then possibly change that plan, but we'll see how that goes. Um and then moving on to my point two is especially the start of the season, this, this worked really well for me last year is I use a tool to, that says price. So I think it's fantasy football fix. I use, it It tells you who's rising in price that night. Um, it's very accurate more than you'd believe actually. So I think for the first up until Christmas anyway, I was, I was more than not getting players in who, who were going up in price that night. So say it was a weekend and they just scored and they were absolutely flying up, then I'd bring bring them in if they were part of the plan for the five game weeks and had to get them in early or whatever. So that might be point number two, just build that team value just because towards the back end of the season, if you're chasing down someone or someone's chasing you in one of your minor leagues, if you've got the flexibility to have a better team and get a better a more expensive player, and then you're obviously at more advantage, so that'd be my point number two. Um, and then point three. Well, can you remember what it was?
0: Point three. Um, obviously, we spoke about this before. We was it since you we were hits, or avoiding hits, or taking hits? Uh,
1: no, it was, it was that. We uh, mentioned something.
0: This is, um, this is a great bit of a dead silence for the, for the <laughs> listeners, this part. I know, um,
1: they're really enthused. But um, my strategy, hopefully it comes to me later, but with hits, um, I'm personally not afraid to take a hit. So I probably should have wrote down what my original point was. But I'm not afraid to take a hit. If a hit needs to be done, especially early on in the season, then do not be afraid. I think towards the back end of the season, um where your decision might be a bit more rash because you're falling behind or your challenges getting uh players in that you that you don't have. I think then it's a bit more risky, but at the start when you just when you wanna get the team you want nice and early, uh, preferably without using your wild card, um, I think that's a stronger I think that's a good strategy to have. And then also the chips, um most players know this I know you'll know this but even saving for a double game week or later down the season where chips are a lot more advantageous at the start I I wouldn't condone anyone using the chip before the first double that's for sure Um, and leave the wild card as late as possible so you can build your team with hits
0: that will be mine. Um, yeah that's fair enough yeah I'd say the same I'm not I'm not um, averse to taking minus four if it means I'm getting, like, especially if it's for a player who's got potential to get, repay that minus four over the next two or three weeks for the fixtures they've got. I think it's a worthwhile investment as it were. Um, so yeah, seeing as you've forgotten your third principle, you yeah, this, hopefully um, you I'm actually, I'll ask you a question on your um, your second principle, which um what, 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 what was your second principle <laughs> this is
1: going well um the second principle was uh, first one was have a strategy but be flexible wasn't it the second one was the L people would be wondering what we're doing Um uh, yeah the second one was obviously building team value at the start oh, okay the yeah so yeah. That,
0: yeah that reminds me so okay. when you're when you talk about you know, using the, the price prediction sites and seeing who's rising and seeing when. So are you one of those managers then that isn't afraid of um, making your transfer like really early in the game week, like before players might have like a Champions League game in the middle, middle of the week and all that? You, you you don't, you're not that, you're not that asked about that. Obviously it's a bit tricky around Champions League and, and Europa League, but
1: it doesn't put me off fully. I think if they didn't have a game at all and I, I had just enough for that transfer, then I definitely, I would, I wouldn't be afraid to do it the weekend. Maybe even the Saturday after they've just scored and I can see them rising in price just because if a player's is rising like that off the back of a game on a Saturday or a Sunday, chances are unless they get injured, they're going to go up again in midweek. And before you know it, you, could have point two on on another player, and if you're doing that ten times, that's two million you've already got there. I think my team towards the end of the season was 109.8 or something. I know, I know you don't win fantasy on that, but towards the back end of the season, I think, I think just before the restart in one of my leagues, um, one of the players was one point ahead, but his value was like was seven million less or something, and just and by the time that second wildcard came around my team was just so much better. And I think I ended up finished about a hundred points clear. Um, so yeah, not, not, obviously not fueling me own ego, but I think, I don't think that's the worst strategy to have in the first few weeks for sure.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. I think I'm maybe a little bit more cautious. Like most weeks I'd like to wait until, you know, the press conferences on a Thursday, Friday and see like check that the players made it through the week. Um, I'm a little bit more aggressive with getting a player early in the week and getting the price rise if if I've saved a transfer the week before. So I've got two transfers. So I know that at least then if that player does turn out to be injured in trading in the week or whatever, I've got the second transfer to, to do something about it. Um, so yeah, I, t- I try to do that as much as possible, really. Save a transfer and have um, have two transfers and then maybe combine that with a minus four and do like, three transfers um in a week um us try and like overhaul the team a bit more uh but yeah um interesting to see that we slightly differ on that um obviously i I guess there's not much else to uh talk about now apart from actually going through the teams we've got um I'll, i'll i'll let i'll let you do yours first okay i think
1: we should do should we go go I was just going to make a point actually on the last thing, just before I do this. Um, I think that strategy depends on if a player is like right on the borderline and I've just got enough, then that would be more of an incentive. But that was just a quick point. Um, obviously if that player I'd still have point six or something in the bank, I'd be less inclined to do it. But if I was right on the edge, I'd, that's when I'd be more inclined to do it. Um, but yeah, moving on to my team, I think should we do keepers and then move on to that? Cause I think that's more, uh, bouncing off the back of each other than just do my team um, so I'll reveal my keepers so up until now I had McCarthy who's still in, um, I just think Southampton's fixtures up until is it game week 10 at least, uh, I know they've got Chelsea in 5 but up until game week 10 they've got a great set of fixtures so it was Alex McCarthy and my strategy normally is a 4.5 and a non-playing keeper a 4.0 um but I've actually changed that in my latest draft. I've got Matt Ryan in as well just because I've seen something earlier and I think up until game week 19 Brighton and Southampton's fixtures are pretty much intertwined. It, it it's incredible actually. Um so you just never you never you'll never have a tough game until game week nine. I know games not played on paper but I think it's probably the first season that I might do 2 4.5s it might change but yeah Currently, it's McCarthy and Ryan. How about you?
0: Uh, so, I've actually got the same goalkeepers, but slightly different reasoning. Um, yeah, I'd usually just have 4.5 and then a 4.0 as well. But for me, having two 4.5 playing goalkeepers is more to do for the COVID reason I was on about before. So, if a team ends up having to blank for a game week because they've got too many players, who have got COVID or whatever... Um, I've got to keep it from a different team that can play. Um, Yeah, it's not so much about rotating through fixtures for me just because I think a lot of the time, as you were saying about the game not being played on paper, sometimes the keeper playing the away game against a really hard team can actually get the most points through save points and whatever. Um, And yeah, it's annoyed me in the past that where you're looking at 11-12 points from from Pope on your bench when you were expecting him to to get two. So That's a slightly true. different reason for me for having two two playing goalkeepers this season.
1: Cool. Um I'll go through my defence. So obviously we talked about Trent. So my current five is Trent. Um Kyle Walker Peters for the same reason as McCarthy. Um obviously a bit risky to double up but I do have four playing defenders at least so I can rotate between them uh next one is Eric Dyer obviously one of the stars of Tottenham's Amazon documentary at the moment and um, I think post restart Mourinho kind of made him at the heart of defense I don't I think he played every game I need to find the stats to back that up but I think he is the cornerstone of that defense now Eric Dyer I think Mourinho has a lot of trust in him and the way he see him speak to him in the documentary he obviously has a lot of belief in his ability I think he tried to sign him before once before as well so yeah I think he he started to play really well towards the end of the season as well and I think Mourinho's second season the team's always more defensively astute, astute. so I do think there's going to be a lot more clean sheets for Spurs but the fixture schedule is quite tough with the Europa League balancing that but we'll wait and see um, but yeah he's in um, next one is James Justin for Leicester so Leicester obviously had a really good strong strong start to the season last year but kind of faded away towards the back end they still finished in the top six um, but then if you look at their fixtures I think they've got West Brom Burnley, obviously the City game he wouldn't play but then they've got West Ham and Villa at home and by the time game week six comes around he might be replaced by Pereira but I'm not sure how his injury is progressing but I think he's definitely in for the, for the first few games so and their fixtures on paper are really good. And then the fifth one is a Palace defender. It was hopefully going to be Ferguson, who's they've said he's signed to be first 11, but he's picked up an injury and he's not going to be ready for the season. So, Steve a fullback have gone for. so it's Tyreek Mitchell. Um, I've seen Van Arnold is back in training, but it was obviously a very, very big injury that he had. So, for the first few games at least, at least I've got Mitchell there as an option in case he needs to come in. Uh, yeah, how about you for your defenders?
0: Uh, so yeah, I've got two, two the same as you in Trent and uh, Kyle Walker-Peters, so I won't bother talking about them. But my other three are Lamptey from Brighton. Um, so yeah, I was quite impressed with him. He moved from Chelsea to Brighton last season, and he looked like quite an attacking fullback uh and he's nailed down that 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 position in Brighton's team because I can't even remember who they used to play but he was he was wank so I'm quite confident that Lumpy will keep playing this season. Uh, and then I've got Ailing. Um I think um I think Leeds will do the best out of the promoted teams uh coming up this year. Uh usually I wouldn't bother with promoted teams at the start but it was a bit harder to find 4.5s in sort of established Premier League teams this season. But I think Aylin's a safe, safe shot from Leeds. And then I've gone for, even though he's not playing the first week, I've gone for Charlie Taylor. Um and he'll just be third on my bench the first week, but I think I've picked him because Burnley are just reliable, especially home games for clean sheets. So uh, I'm happy to to have him from the start and then just bring him in when I need him from game week two onwards. Um, and yeah, y- 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 I just want to quickly ask a question cause we can't mention the, uh, all or nothing documentary on Amazon with Spurs at the moment without talking about, um, I don't know if you, have you seen the bit with Ali talking about how to use a toothbrush?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's,
0: what's your, what's your toothbrush strategy?
1: My toothbrush strategy is the same as Deli's, so it's wash, toothpaste, wash, brush.
0: Right. What about you? So I, I'm, I'm the same as the physio. Right. It's... To- to- toothpaste on and then put the water on. What, 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 why do you need to put the water on twice?
1: I don't know. kind of, I think it's just like, I don't know.
0: It's inefficient.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm team Delhi on this. I don't know, I just I just like it uh, like the moisture health, I think.
0: Right. Well, even though I just I'll start I'll go into my midfield, even though I disagree with his two for a strategy. Ali is on my uh in my midfield. Um he's only going to be there for one or two weeks um because uh Tottenham have so many games coming up. I I didn't actually realize until the other day that with the Europa League qualifying games, they've got they've got something stupid like, like I think in the first few weeks they're just playing every three or four days for that for the foreseeable. So they'll they end up being a lot of rotation. But I think at eight million, I can easily move to the the Chelsea midfielder of choice uh, when when we know who that is. Um, game week two or three onwards, either Pulisic or Havertz. I imagine. Uh, and then, yeah, Aubameyang, we spoke quite a lot about, about him at the start and why we wanted him, so I won't say too much about him. Uh, and then I've got Mane. Um, Mane is just there for one week, and then it's and he's moving to Ke- Kevin, Kevin, well, one or two weeks again, and then he's moving to Kevin De Bruyne. Um, I'm not captaining Salah, as we talked about before, so... He's just there as a twelve million placeholder, keeping that position warm for Kevin De Bruyne. Um, and I figured if I'm only having him for one or two weeks, might as well go for the the lower pit player, um, seeing as everyone everyone's got Salah. And then I've just got two cheap options then to fill out the rest of the midfield. I've got Sam Maximin from Newcastle. I think as they've as they bought Fraser and Wilson, he actually has people to pass to that can kick a ball in a straight line, whereas Joe Linton seems to struggle with that last season, um, which would always put me off having any Newcastle players in my team because you you need you need a team that can put the ball in the net to get fantasy points. So, hopefully Newcastle are a bit better at that this season and Sam St. should still be the first name on the team sheet for Bruce. He's sort of the talisman of of the team. Um, and then, even though I hate West Ham as an attacking prospect, I've got Suchek, Susek, however you say it, um, just because he just seems such a threat at set pieces and the way West Ham play, which is always about winning set pieces and trying to score from corners and free kicks and whatever. I just think he could hit, he could hit, 10 goals this season just by trying to be the new the new Fellaini as some people have been saying so at 5 million I'm happy for him to be the 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 fifth the fifth midfielder on my team uh, what, what what about your midfield?
1: It's interesting I, I had to get for quite a while but are you not put off by the fixtures? Obviously got Newcastle first but then you look at the game something so Fulham at home really game week eight it's, it's quite a um, tough
0: prospect a little bit but then I think that, like, I was thinking back to, like, when he came into the league, last, when he started playing, um, like West Ham actually beat Chelsea towards the end of last season. And I think part of that was West Ham just winning, winning corners and Suchek standing on top of Kepper, And just, they couldn't handle his height. So I think even though it's tough fixtures, I kind of think the way West Ham play... And with him only scoring from set pieces, he'll still be able to get points the way he does. Um, even if West Ham aren't necessarily in games. Um so yeah, uh I'm not I'm not so put off by the fixtures in this in this case.
1: All right, interesting. No, I just mm-hmm. wanted to get your thoughts. So running through my midfield, I was I was very close with Delhi as well, uh, just because Again, with the documentary, you know Mourinho obviously has a big affiliation with with Delhi, um, and he did start really well after the restart, didn't he? he? Kind of faded away. I think he got injured for a bit, but I think under Mourinho, it might have been when Mourinho first arrived. Actually, he was he was brilliant. So if he recreates a bit of that form, he'll be a snake, won't he? Eight mil. But I've actually gone for young Son, Son, um, just because of the the ownership. I actually really do fancy Spurs them first three. Spur, uh, where they play Everton, Southampton, Newcastle. So I wanted to get at least one in. I did try and get Harry Kane in, but 10.5 premium, it's just quite difficult with and keeping that balanced team, especially if you're going to get Werner, which are obviously going to move on to. So we've got Hume Son, who's always a fantasy asset. Um, I think it was two years ago, he especially was, but hopefully recreates that form. I've got St. Maximin, like yourself, uh, just because... He is the talisman of your team, like you're saying. It's always good to get the talisman in because if the team does well, he's more likely, more, than less, more than likely to be involved in some form or another. Um, I actually thought about Mitrovic for this as well, but we'll move on to that. Um, and then fourth, defense, fourth midfielder at the moment is Kai Havertz. Just because at 8.5, uh, the way he lit up the Bundesliga last year, um and Chelsea Ziyech is not fit is he so he's definitely going to be playing in some way or form and Pulisic is coming back they say he's going to be fit but Havertz will flip you'd fancy him to fit straight in there Um, and if Chelsea start flying um, I mean, they could very well do with all the players assigned he's going to be at the heart of it so at the moment he's in Um, and then my fifth one is just kind of just a not a waste man on the bench but I just think I did have Armstrong in, but I was looking at the games that I'd play him and it was few and far between. So I've got Pissouma in just because if I want to make a transfer then first few game weeks, I've got a bit of extra money in the bank there to do it. Um, and I've read a few bits online as well. And the Brighton fans actually fancy him to be playing this year just because he played really well last year. So we'll wait and see with that one. But I think my f- your fifth midfielder is, obviously you've gone to Church, which I might change too, but the fixtures... Kind of put me off a bit, but yeah, that's my midfield. Um, you want to refresh? Three... So, uh, with
0: your formation, is it? Uh, will you be playing five midfield? Or will you be playing four?
1: So at the moment, I've got four. So my first, my game week one is four four two. Um right. They say the best formation is either three five two or three five two or three four three, isn't it? But because I've got Tony on the bench, it kind of stop prevents me from doing that. Um But yeah, first game is four four two. How about you? Right. How are you set up?
0: Uh, so, yeah, three, five, two. 5 um, 2 But, yeah, I'm not opposed to to changing that. Because, um, yeah, a lot of the strikers have had price drops this season. A lot of the strikers seem to be more kindly priced compared to the midfields this season. So, game week's four or five. I might decide to switch that up. But yeah, for now, five midfield with uh, with being the um, the fifth one I, I have to I have to play every week. Um, so yeah, strikers. Um, so yeah, we've mentioned it a few times now already, but it sounds like we've both. got no. Timo, yeah, we've both got Werner. Um, I actually didn't fancy him at first just because whenever I've watched him for Germany or Leipzig, he seems to just missed so many chances. But um, the more I've thought about it, like he was on pens at Leipzig and he'll probably, as a striker and as he was pens at Leipzig, I imagine he'll get pens at Chelsea as well. So they've got so many tricky midfielders now that I I think they'll probably end up getting like 12, 13 penalties this season with VAR the way United did last season. Um, all those players come into the box at different times. Pulisic, whenever he runs at someone, he looks like he can win a penalty. So I'm really keen to have Chelsea's penalty taker in my team uh, this season. So that's Ferner that's as as a lock for me in, in the striker position, uh, especially at 9.5. Like I think he's kind of been underpriced for what he could offer this season. And then Ings, just because I think at that price eight point five, it was either him or Jimenez. Uh, I think Ings is a little bit more explosive than Jimenez and he's also consistent as well. Um so I'd prefer Ings. I, I, I know that a lot some people avoid him because of injury worries, but he showed towards the end of last season that he could even he he was he was able to do three three games in a week. So yeah, happy to go happy to go with, with Ings. It's my uh, second striker and then the third strike is just going to be with the way I'm setting up because I'm going three five two. It's just a 4.5. And yeah, at the moment, I've got Brewster there hoping he gets a loan move to a, a Premier League club. But that's not it's not looking so likely at the moment. So I might have to rethink that. But I'm hoping he goes somewhere like Villa or something, somewhere where he's got a chance to get in, get in some minutes. But he'll be... He'll be on the bench a lot, so I'm not too fussed about about that, that player, the third striker. Um, and yourself?
1: Yeah, no, it's interesting you say Brewster. I, was, I did have him in at one point as well. Well, kind of had everyone in at some stage or another, but you, you are hoping he does get a move because if he stays at Liverpool and you've got Brewster in and Liverpool start flying, you're having to do another transfer because obviously you've got to get him out and then get a third... Um, say it is Salah and Mane both unbelievable, and you've already got Trent. You kind of have to make two transfers, but we'll see how it materializes. Um, like yourself, I've got obviously got Timo Werner, and um, I do believe everything you said is right. Penalty taker and at nine point five for a team that have gone out and bought so many attacking players, you kind of fancy them to hit the ground running, really. So he's he's locked, um, and I've got Tony Martial. Obviously, the reasons we discussed before. I just think the way he finished that the season last year, he, Bruno post restart was the man. But towards the end, it Tony was the one for me. He was he was the one who looked really sharp, and I do fancy him to pick up where he left off. It's not been long since the end of the season, so he'd like to think he's still f- full of confidence. So I've kind of got him in with the with an eye on game week two when his first game is, and then my last one got a Southampton player like self. I've gone for Che Adams, so I've read. Obviously, I would like Ings, but at 2.5 is quite a lot to have on your team. Um, and the red post restart, Che Adams' numbers were just as good as Ings. Um, obviously, chance in the box and stuff. It kind of felt felt like he's finally found his feet at Southampton. And I think at 6 mil, he's the best of the bunch there. My other option at 6 mil was Mitrovic, just because I think he scored half of Fulham's goals last year. So, obviously the talisman theory which quite a few of the FBL experts go on about is if you're going down the league you want first of all you want an attacking team Fulham will probably go out to score goals because they won't be able to keep them out um, and then also Mitrovic will be if they score you even fancy him to be the goal assist same with St Maximin is what we talked about so if I had to make a change there it probably will be Adams to but I do like that Southampton start and they, they look really good and I think the players are really underpriced for how they finish the season. So I do have three in. They won't start every game but I do think there's a lot of value in the Saints' assets. So yeah, Chair Adams is in at the moment.
0: Nice. Yeah, I think I, I considered Chair Adams as well. Um, it's just, yeah, I, I don't want to start with too many, but I think... I've already got a a leads player I'm not sure about in my tea. I don't, I don't, I didn't want to have too too many players where I'm wondering are they going to are they going to start come out of the block firing um, cuz yeah I, I don't, for me it's I'm not sure if, Ch- if Ch- Adams is going to be the the player we saw project restart or the confidence levels he had at the beginning of the season so I'm happy to to see if he does end up starting like he did after restart, as you say, those similar sort of similar sort of levels, then it's an easy downgrade from 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 Ings. Um, but yeah, um, we've done we've done forty five we've done forty five minutes already. Assuming anybody's still <laughs> still with us, we did aim probably, for the yeah. first
1: one to be forty five, so we kind of bang on time there. Hopefully, people can how many listeners will take something from it. From it, um, we'd like to think that we. We're not experts, but we we know a lot about the game, don't we?
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought, well, yeah. It's, it's, it's not actually something I uh, like to like to brag about being an FPL nerd, but yeah, <laughs> I guess I do know a bit more about it than, than most people. Um, I think because we're this is our first one, we've forgotten the most important part, which is telling people where they can find us. So, shall we? Um, let me just get up the Twitter profile. So yeah, we're gonna have a Twitter account to go with this podcast where we'll be letting people know when episodes come out and any changes to our teams and what we're thinking um as games happen and whatnot. So follow us. Um the handle is premium underscore FPL. Um we'll probably get we'll probably get a league going uh for the for listeners and all that sort of stuff, um, so yeah please please follow us currently we've got we've got five, so it's a
1: strong first start of the day for the day
0: so yeah we, we desperately need people um, uh, and then yeah that's it anything anything you want to add uh,
1: not really I just like saying really enjoyed that, hopefully we can offer something different to our our competitors out there and hopefully people will tune in next we're going to try and do it weekly aren't we after the games so
0: yeah I think weekly and get it out in time so that people can listen to it before before the game the deadline um, but yeah we'll see it's it's kind of it'll be kind of difficult with the way the games line up the season but but yeah um, hopefully we'll have some mind games hopefully I've planted some uh, seeds of doubt in your mind about Jay Adams and you end up ripping up the team after this but um, yeah that's it After your Um,
1: performance last year, mate, I won't be ripping up my team for your advice.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, on that note, we'll end it there. Um, Good night. Yeah, have a good one, boys and girls. (laughs) See you.